great pleasure to welcome you to this Mitchell Institute conversation, part of a podcast series created at the Senator George J. Mitchell Institute for Global Peace, Security and Justice here at Queen's University, Belfast. I'm Richard English, Director of the Institute, and for today's conversation, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Gail McConnell, Senior Lecturer in the School of Arts, English and Languages at Queen's University, Belfast, and author of a wonderful new volume of poetry, The Sun is Open published this year. Gail, I wonder if you could start by saying something for people about the focus of the book, how the poetry relates to that focus, and something about the interweaving of source material into the poetry. I can do. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here. So the sun is open, swirls around an autobiographical event, and that event is my father's murder. My father was assistant governor in the Mays prison, and on the 6th of March, 1984, he was murdered in our driveway as my mother and I stood waving him off to work. I was three and a half, and I suppose my life since then has really been profoundly shaped by that event and by all that that event brings to bear, history, politics, um, class, um, religion, language, grief, so many things. So when I was an adult, I was given a historical inquiry team report about my father's murder, which was written in the font Comic Sans, which is a, a kind of a jazz hands font. Uh, so I had a very strange and jarring experience of trying to read a report about his murder that was written in a font that um, just seemed utterly at odds with the, the material. So I was reading phrases like laceration of the brain in a font that was kind of smiling at me. So I wrote a long poem at the time called Typeface about trying to read that report. But that poem exists in quite an angry and ironic mood. And with The Sun is Open, with this book, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to write something more expansive that really incorporated the voices of childhood and the language and landscape of my childhood. Um, because my life was shaped, yes, by this event, by his murder, but also by... Banana Man and Super Ten and playing Tetris on my Game Boy and going to um, a Baptist church and going to um, holiday Bible camps and learning memory verses and all these kinds of things. And I wanted to make a book that had all of that experience in it and um, the event of his murder. And in the book, I, um, I use material from what I call the dad box, which is one of these kind of Ikea flat packs boxes, which I have packed um, with stuff about his mostly about his death, about his life too, but stuff about his death that was given to me by my grandparents and my mother and my aunts, things like um, newspaper reports from the newsletter, the Belfast Telegraph, um, Hansard from the Commons and the Lords, where his murder was debated, um, his diaries, he was a student in Queens in the late 60s, a student of history and politics here, so I have his student diaries from that time, um, photographs, all kinds of things. And there's a way in which that archive becomes a sort of very poor substitute for my memory. As I say, I was only three and a half when he died, and so I really don't remember him at all. And in some ways, the archive, the stuff in the dad box, is um, almost the proof that he existed at all and that we had a relationship. But the gift of poetry for me is that I can imagine a relationship with him, that I can talk to him and imagine him talking back. And so the book um, tries to weave together the stuff from that archive, the it has direct quotations from the IRA statement, um, from the Belfast Telegraph, but also um, the imagined voice of my father and of me as a child. There's extraordinary powerful emotion in all of this, scale, And as in the poem Typeface, there is a, an energy to that personal engagement by you. Can you say something for people about the process of writing 
the process of writing always difficult anyway being created but in this case it's a particular kind of engagement emotionally it must be very highly intensely charged mm. i think with both typeface and with this book the sun is open i didn't think i was writing poetry when i was starting to write the drafts when i was writing typeface it was mostly the middle of the night i couldn't sleep and I was writing in couplets, so I was writing in this sort of form that seemed almost comic. Um, there was a kind of rhythm and music, and there was an ironic um, and quite dark humour about the, of what I was doing. And I thought, well, this is not a poem. This is just so outrageous. Nobody can do this. Um, and I hadn't really been writing poems. I had sort of swerved into it. And my, my background is really as a critic, writing about other, you know, Seamus Heaney and Derek Mahan and so on. And so I didn't think I was writing poetry. So I think that freed me up to have you know very few expectations of myself or of the the final um work the same was true with the sun is open i was actually on a period of research leave meant to be doing something else i think and uh, i was going through this dad box and i was just typing out into a word document you know sort of verbatim what i was finding in that and i didn't at times i would instantly write back to that material and something like poems would begin to form but I didn't really think I was writing poetry. And so in that sense, I think I was very free to just play. And play is a real key word for me in terms of the writing practice and process to experiment, but also just to play with language. You know, a poem is an event in language. So whatever the material, whatever the subject, however traumatic, violent, difficult, conflicted, contested, the poem is always an event in language. It always transforms that experience through language, language which is itself historical, and has all of these kind of resonances going back centuries, but also plastic, so it can open up so much. And that's the joy of, of, the, of the process, really, was to, to try to create events and language from material that was extraordinarily difficult. Um, so I drafted a lot of it, really um, not still not being quite sure quite what I was doing, and it was only when I got to the end um, and read it again, I thought, oh, maybe there is something here that could be readable for other people. Maybe something worth saying about the poems in The Sun is Open is that they it's a book-length poem, really, so you read it from front to back. Um, it's not a collection as such in that the poems don't have individual titles, and they are presented on the page as justified blocks of text without punctuation, akin to um, newspaper columns or perhaps passages from you know the Old Testament, which the, the poems cite in various places or, or, or draw from. So there are these kind of little blocks. So there, I'm creating boxes from out of a dad box. And there was something very freeing about setting up a template on Word and just typing into that box, not having to think too much about punctuation or lineation or how to shape the thing, but almost letting it, the material be shaped by the constraints of the box. And then, of course, you go back and edit that and, and you think about where you want the line to break and so on. But there was something freeing about Setting, setting myself that constraint and seeing what it would make possible. And you mentioned the transformative quality of the language that you're creating, both as a poet and as a critic. What's your current view in terms of the relationship between poetry, conflict, legacies of conflict, resolution of conflict? Poetry can do so much, and I think we call upon it to do a lot of things. Sometimes we think about it primarily in elegiac mode or after the fact of death we think about it in relation to commemorations both private and personal and public you know we turn to elegy at funerals and we turn to litany for public commemoration one of the things that was interesting to me in writing this book was that it became um 
about the experience of pain, and Kieran Carson, in a little sentence or two that he wrote about the book, described it as meticulous and painstaking, sometimes pain-making work. And that really struck me because it seems to me that pain-making work is a very valid and indeed urgent and necessary aim for poetry now, as we think through the legacies of the past, both on this island and beyond, and as we think through Brexit and Afghanistan and other conflicts and places all around the world, I think the need to document the experience of pain by individuals, by communities, because of um, because of politics and conflict is essential, and it's just one part of what poetry can do. It's not the only part by any means, and there's joy in this book, and there are other things, and as I say, I wanted it to be expansive and not only focus on this event, but it seems to me that actually there's something important about that. I think sometimes poets are asked, you know, Seamus Heaney was asked, to be maybe perhaps representative of a particular community, to come with a particular kind of politics, you know, sort of write a poem for us, that sort of mindset. But poetry is never so limited, you know, it's never limited to being merely the mouthpiece for anyone in particular, and it's not the news. Um, what did Pound say? Poetry is news that stays news, but it's not the news. And McNeese tells us you've got to write a poem with the newspaper in one hand. So it's attuned to what's happening, but it's an event of its own. It's an event in language that does something different from other forms of discourse. And that's its joy and that's its challenge. Um, so some of the poetry that I suppose excites me at the minute is are, are the poems which can make me look again at something that seems so familiar, perhaps a conflict in a part of the world that um, is, I'm, you know, I've, I've been seeing in my 24-7 um, scrolling that social media feed, you know, continuous, continuously, and yeah, it takes a poem, and maybe a compressed ten lines, something or other, for me to see it anew. So those are the kinds of things I, I think poetry can do. But sometimes we place too many expectations on it, and sometimes not enough, probably, too. And you mentioned Kieran Carson there, a major influence on you? Certainly, and I think for so many of us here in Queens and, and in Belfast broadly, our unofficial poet laureate in this wonderful city, he has made this, uh, put the city on the map, um, as Joyce did for Dublin. Kieran's legacy is extraordinary. He was um, just an exceptional individual. He was a very generous teacher and mentor and friend. We miss him dearly. I can't believe it's been two years since he left us. I was lucky enough to um, strike up a friendship with him just by asking for him to read a few poems, and he was generous enough to do so. But the legacy of his work, you know, those Belfast poems of the 80s and the short line poems of the early 20th century, the breaking news, the way that he thinks through what it is to be of this place and not of this place and the difficult relationship with Ireland, with Englishness, the English language, with the Irish language, the politics of here. Oh, it's just extraordinary, and you know, so many of those books have been so influential. Um, but so too has his company and his presence and his reminder to always spend time in the in the OED and to dress well. These are these are the lessons that Kieran leaves us. A great legacy, Gail. Would you read for us from the Sun is Open? Glad to. I'll read a little bit from the beginning of the book. There's a note at the start that sets up the autobiographical context, and then I'll read um, from the start. Begin with victim on his back, is how this could begin. Place your mouth over his mouth, pinch his nostrils shut. Easier to take what I have found and break it up. Breathe steadily till victim's chest begins to rise. Pause every minute to glue it back the wrong way. Take a deep breath yourself. If there is no air exchange, 
do not touch him. You come into this world head first. Come in on your rump, they call it breach. You may be lifted out. I'm making soft returns. For this you need two keys. Shift and enter to go down the line. Carries on, the carriage moving back. There was a time when I was Brian, like our neighbour six doors down. I had a skateboard with a monkey skull on the underside. My cards read, happy birthday, Brian, whose dad, we knew not to say, was in the police. That day, he must have been dead scared, hearing the shots. They're coming now, for him, for me, he might have thought. He had a test in school that day. He knew if X, then Y, but couldn't make the pencil cross the page. It lay along his pointer, Then he folded back three fingers, raised his thumb to make a gun shape. God made the sun, the stars, the moon. Or did he make the bang? We learned about the Milky Way, not just a chocolate bar with soft white air inside. It is a spiral whirlpool of stars, and one out there on the edge is yellow. That's our sun. The Sun is Open, published earlier this year by Penned in the Margins. A wonderful collection, a wonderful book. I recommend it to everybody who's listening to this for that book and for her wonderful reflections today. Thank you very much to Dr. Gail McConnell.